Well, just how excited should you be about a place until this time last week you'd never heard of called Brawl Bada? can't even tell you exactly where it is. It's off the southern Cape Coast. It's a gas find. Total, the French uh, petroleum company, announced uh, to coincide with the mining Idaba last week and with the State of the Nation address and no doubt just in time for the budget that there was this gas reserve. Uh, Total announcing this discovery just last week and a fanfare of expectations, many of them possibly premature. But Stephen Larkin is the chief executive of Africa New Energies. Brulpada. What, it's a it's a big croaking frog. Will it regurgitate? Will it will it give us? Um, it's a, what a billion dollars, a billion barrels. I beg your pardon of oil equivalent. What is oil equivalent? What have we got under okay. the ocean? It's a natural gas and condensate find. To understand what, let's first tell people what barrels of oil equivalent means. Um, a barrel of oil has a certain amount of calorific value. Right. Uh, to convert uh, that calorific value into um, into natural gas, uh, you multiply it by six thousand to work out the number of uh, cubic feet right. uh, that it has. So a billion barrels of of oil um, equivalent in natural gas is extremely significant. It's about six trillion cubic feet of natural gas. In terms of global discoveries of natural gas, how does this rate? I mean, is it a top hundred? Is it a top thousand? Is what is it? Um, Harvard University did a study of the top thousand fields in the world, and a giant discovery is defined as more than five hundred million barrels of oil equivalent. This is about double that. Okay, so so it is significant. I mean, it's, well, le- let me give you an impression of just how significant it is. In the top twenty oil companies in the world, Exxon Mobil won the prize, so to speak, in two thousand and eighteen, where they discovered eight hundred and ninety-five. Five million barrels of oil equivalent, and that was the the best performance of the top twenty oil companies. Total has just smashed that in February um, with a billion barrels. So, in expiration terms, that is very significant indeed. In geological terms, um, are they a bit like buses? Um, when you find one, there will be three more close behind. I mean, you don't normally find pockets of gas or oil um, in isolation, or do you? Uh, you're quite right. Uh, firstly, the Bredasdorp and Otaniqua plays already have 18 smaller discoveries, but this is by a country mile the largest that has been found. Uh, and so absolutely, um, rule of thumb, for every barrel of oil that geologists find, petroleum engineers find another seven. Now, if we put that within the context of brill pudder, uh, just to add to the um, exotic flavor, it's the pudder fissy fairway. The pudder <laughs> Fissy Fairway, yeah, right in the South Otaniqua Basin. Basically, for uh, your listeners, if you draw a straight line 180 kilometres due south of Sedgefield, that's more or less where it is. Um, there, Brilpada's uh, prospect was about 80 or 90 square kilometres, and there are five prospects within the uh, Padafissi Fairway covering about 340 square kilometres. I mean, this isn't unique. Moss gas, um, Mossel Bay gas fields, the, the gas has been discovered there before. What is so significant about this find relative to what Moss gas would have uh, discovered 25, 30 years ago? Well, Moss gas was conceived within the paranoia of the apartheid government terrified of running out of energy and 
It was almost built on a prayer, on a hope that they would find a Brolpada. But until now, they didn't. Okay. So what they did was – this was one of South Africa's great engineering achievements because it was the first gas-to-liquids plant ever built. This and, was a Sassel project, of course. Um, we certainly used a lot of Sassel technology, mm. but Sassel's a private company, okay. and uh, Mosgas is owned by uh, Petro yeah. SA. However – what they did was they only had about a trillion cubic feet of natural gas, which is about 160 million barrels of oil equivalent, which was enough to keep it going at relatively modest rates until about 2022. And the government announced that with the failure of Project Equesi in 2011, where they lost $1.1 billion on five wells, uh, and that's what caused all the problems with Petro SA taking that yeah. impairment of $14.5 billion, which didn't do much for its reputation, um, they said that they had to close Mosgas. Now, not only did the gas that from the other fields, uh, would it have become stranded, but now, Mosgas can go from its 21,000 barrels a day to 45,000 barrels a day. And that means that liquid hydrocarbons, your diesels, your jet kerosenes, your um, gasoline products within the Eastern Cape can now be supplied locally. And that is incredibly significant in terms of import substitution. Do we have existing capacity to convert this gas into liquid fuel? Could Mosgas do it? Would Total team up with Mosgas or would Total have to build its own facilities in order to exploit the, the resource? We've done some calculations on that. And based on the current capacity that Mosgas has, uh, if there are a billion barrels of oil equivalent, if they use it for about 30 years at 45,000 barrels a day, they'll use about 400 or 40% of it. Now, there's also, a, a, my pronunciation is not very good, but I think it's the Khorikwa, um, na, um open cycle uh, diesel plant that they're using as a peaking plant, very relevant at the moment with ESCOM. Yeah. That's about 750 megawatts, and that would use probably another – I would say another 20% where they could supply power. Now, it's not game-changing in terms of power. It's about 1.5% of the grid, but every little bit helps. We'll take every little bit that we can yeah. get. The reality, though, with Brillpada is that we're probably, what, seven, eight years away from beginning to exploit the field. It, it, there, there's a long run-up to before you can actually begin to get value. One thing that I do want to say in the hope of influencing the parties involved is that most of the delays that you talk about, which are quite plausible, are actually political and commercial rather than engineering delays. When So in terms of the pipeline network, uh, there is a pipeline that goes to the FO discovery, very originally named, um, that is about 80 kilometers north of Brilpada. Now, you can put in a pipeline relatively quickly. I mean, Sassel, I mean, Mosgas themselves put in a pipeline where at one point they were laying pipeline at two kilometers a day. Amazing. In the uh, ocean. In the ocean, yes. Now, these are very difficult operating yeah. conditions. The currents are very strong. Yes. The tides are very strong. The yes. sea is not calm. We, um, you know, winters are treacherous. I mean, just mm. go to go around Bradalsdorp to, <laughs> to the shipwreck museum there yeah. to, to know that we've had hundreds of shipwrecks over the years. This is not an easy part of the world. I suppose it's maybe tamer than the North Sea where people have 
have been um, you know, the, the world of, of, of gas and, and fuel exploration is, is not for sissies. And so um, there's some tough nuts involved in it. But it is not a simple thing to do. No, it isn't a simple thing to do. Uh, an 80 kilometer pipeline in any water is a formidable challenge. But we need to understand that rule of thumb is that you won't be prepared to uh, create um, a gas to liquid or a liquefied natural gas offshore play unless you've got at least 500 million barrels. Yeah. And rule of thumb is it's going to cost you a minimum of $3 billion. The fact that there's local demand with existing infrastructure to cover about 600 million barrels is positive is very very good news indeed yeah you and african new energies are not involved in this particular project but you do have other projects you've got two in namibia you've got a couple of sites in south africa sort of on land if Mm. you like projects i mean how much people have been talking for years about fracking the karoo and that's caused all kinds of of heartache and tears and massively controversial but are we at the beginning of something quite special here in terms of South Africa's ability to generate at least some of its energy needs? Absolutely. Um, let's first deal with your um, comments about fracking. Fracking globally is an admission of political failure and exploration failure. On average, BP Shell spent about $17 a barrel to find it using traditional seismic-based techniques were highly ineffective. Now, fracking resources were very easy to find, but extremely expensive and inefficient to extract. So, for instance, if you find a conventional natural gas um, play such as Brillpudder, they would expect to extract about 60 or 70 percent of the natural gas in place. Uh, in the Karoo, you would be lucky to extract 5 percent, and a fracked well onshore costs about three times as much as a conventional well. So for every dollar of revenue that you get with a conventional well, you need $30, 30 mm. times the capex with fracking compared to conventional. So what African New Energies has said is let's follow the more Russian Chinese approach for, um, for onshore exploration. You find that the West is very good at offshore exploration. The Russian and the Chinese are absolutely superb at onshore exploration. If you look at West Siberia, um, staggering amounts mm. of fines with real brilliance. Uh, from the the Russians, we believe that those techniques are far more effective in finding conventional natural gas and oil. And we have evidence of geochemistry uh, in the Northern Cape and in the Northwest province with very substantial reserves, which we believe are eight times the prospect of resource of Brillpada. So gas or oil? Uh, it's difficult to say at this point. We do have limited geochemistry evidence um, from previous explorers on certain of the concessions uh, our instinct is that it's going to be majority gas is, is it worth your while to go and dig some holes or drill some holes or shake the earth or whatever it is to do to discover what reserves are there the MPRDA was a big uh, was, a, was a big restrictor in terms of companies like yourselves the, 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 multi, the multi global multinationals actually going in and looking for reserves because nobody knew what ownership they would have of those reserves and the right to exploit those reserves that's out of the way but do we have a framework that provides you with the security of tenure if you like to do the exploration look you're quite right we did have a concession in south africa that we gave up exactly for that reason every 
explorer in South Africa pretty much gave up because you had the ludicrous situation where the government got a 20% free carry. I mean, free carry. That's mm-hmm. fine. What was really problematic was the 80% that they could buy at a fair price and a fair price was not defined. That's simply a mechanism for corruption. Now, we are really encouraged and we've been intimately involved with the ministry in negotiating the new um, the new dispensation and the ministry could not be more supportive of companies like ours now there's a second thing that um, the government should be praised about is that they've used section 12j which is used to support um, angel investing into entrepreneurship specifically to help junior miners and oil and gas plays so you can put up to 500 million rand which is extremely generous by international standards in terms of subsidies uh, into oil and gas plays and that's kind of how we're financing it because it's important to note that if we're going to solve ESCOM's problems. Everybody needs to come together to invest in it. And I'll tell you why. Total have taken a very big risk and they are entitled to get the best price they can. The best price they're going to get is Japan post Fukushima where they'll get $8 a gigajoule. Now, ESCOM pays 700 rand a ton for coal and the calorific equivalent of that with a natural gas plant is around about $4.60, which is a good 30 or 40% discount. Now, with Section 12J, you can get local investors to be subsidized. And I think that it's right that explorers take a socially responsible view to make sure that we can supply ESCOM at a price that they can afford. I just don't know if you've got enough time with Section 12J because it's still in its infancy in South Africa and people are, you know, a couple of billion rand have gone into Section 12J investments. But when it comes to exploration and especially the uncharted waters, so to speak, of, of, of gas and, and exploration, we might have some adventurous bidders for it, but it, it's a small source of income. I'm, I'm hoping that you've got a more secure revenue source Look, um, than South African retail I'll, I'll tell you, there are a couple of unexpected gems. Um, where we're finding really good response, um, we're slightly shy of $100 million. It's rushing in at the moment. Um, you can it's imagine. Com- it's coming to the end of the tax year and people yeah. want to get rid of tax liabilities. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, so what we're finding is that South Africa is the South African search for Bitcoin and for cryptocurrencies more often than any other um, country on earth. And about 3 to 4% of all cryptocurrencies are hold, held by South yeah. Africans. And that is our focus market where there's approximately 4 to $5 billion sitting in South Africa losing money. And we find that they're very happy to move it into Section 12J. So there is a substantial pot available. We're looking for about 3.5 billion rand. I'm very confident that we're going to raise that by 2021. It's a really interesting approach. Stephen Larkin, the Chief Executive of Africa New Energies. Uh, the excitement around Brawl Pilot is going to take a while to exploit, of course, but there are other uh, opportunities for energy, not independence in South Africa. I think it's, uh, that's a bit too extreme, but certainly to support South Africa's energy needs with a bit of local exploration, a bit of infrastructure spend, some jobs created. Uh, it's, it's a good story. Stephen Larkin, thanks for coming in. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield was brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, bringing you award-winning trade and working capital funding solutions to unlock the full potential of your business story. APSA is a registered FSP.